2: this podcast, I think it's important that we really look at adoption and abortion in the news and the media. We're starting off, you know, 2020, and it'll be interesting to see from where we start to where we are at the end of the year.
0: Okay, that's a good idea.
2: And as we go through the year, I think we will get to see a lot happening. I mean, this is going to be an incredible year. We've got the election, and we've got all of the upcoming abortion hearings Mm -hmm. and the laws that are being filed you know the people are filing with the court regarding the changes they're requesting so it's going to be really interesting
0: there is a lot in the news
2: there's a lot Mm -hmm. agreed so locally um paul peterson has some news
0: On January 8th, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors officially accepted Paul Peterson's resignation and began the process of filling the vacant county assessor position. Listeners may remember Peterson as the elected official in Arizona who was charged in three states with allegedly smuggling pregnant women from the Marshall Islands in order to give up their babies for adoption. He's accused of arranging for 28 of the Marshallese women to fly into Arizona, live in a house he owned, and have a doctor deliver the children, and this was paid through the state's health care system. He's charged in Arizona with filing fraudulent claims to the tune of $800,000. In Utah and Arkansas, he's being charged with human smuggling. He's been accused of participating in 70 illegal adoption cases. He's alleged to have taken women's passports. The exploited women received little or no prenatal care upon their arrival in the United States he's pleaded not guilty in Arizona and Arkansas and has yet to enter a plea in Utah
2: what do you think of that?
0: personally I'm glad he finally resigned because he was being very defiant of the whole thing I am too and uh, I think it's time for him to own up to what he has done
2: agreed agreed and again we as a a podcast are not um, accusing him obviously he has not been found guilty Mm -hmm. at this point the accusations that have been made sound as if they're being substantiated. Uh, and Even
0: by his associate, right.
2: And that's really concerning. I mean, this the fact that he resigned, I agree with you. He needs to move out of that position. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether or not he's been paid this whole time for being in that position or, or if he's taken a leave of absence or what have you. But I don't think that we need somebody who is... Currently incarcerated for this crime pending trial, holding representing
0: us in our government, no matter what the position is, right?
2: Agreed. I think, too, that the fact that he has not entered a plea yet in Utah and is entered to not guilty, why would he be withholding on the third? Is what I'd like to.
0: Yeah, you. I don't know.
2: You know, maybe they don't have as much evidence, or maybe they don't have uh, as. Maybe it's a little bit of a different circumstance because it's a different state law. I don't know. But yet some of what he's done is federal. You know, he's broken some federal laws, Mm -hmm. not just state laws. And the more I read about things that have been said supposedly by him, my heart just breaks for these women. Yeah. And my heart breaks for the adoption community because... It is
0: a black eye.
2: It is. Whether, Hands I mean, down, it is.
0: Nobody I've ever dealt with in the adoption field, as far as I know, has done things this way, the way he has. And it hurts because you think of these people who are actually trying to do it for the right reasons and to help these birth mothers and to help the adoptive families and everybody in the triad and the children and... To me, it seems that he was out for personal gain, and secondary was the mothers and the children and the adoptive families.
2: So. Right. And because this was such an earthquake in the adoption community, mm-hmm. now we're dealing with the aftershocks. You mm-hmm. know, we're dealing with the ripple effect.
0: Yeah. The people who had nothing to do with any right. of it.
2: The innocent. Mm-hmm. And again, I. I hope that they actually come to a resolution quickly and this isn't you know drawn out over the next 10 years and we can see and learn from what he did to make sure that it doesn't ever happen in the adoption community again. So hopefully there'll be something positive that can come out of this.
0: Absolutely. New York's Governor Andrew Cuomo announced that more than 3,600 adopted New Yorkers have filed to receive their certified birth certificates online within the first 48 hours of a new law going into effect. Cuomo said adoptees have every right to the same birth records as everyone else and the new law enacted is making that a reality for the first time. The law says that adoptees 18 and older in New York State outside of New York City may request a copy of their birth certificate This will also allow direct descendants of an adoptee to request the adoptee's birth certificate if the adopted person is deceased.
2: So I think this is revolutionary. And I commend New York for taking this and passing this law.
0: And I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised.
2: I am too, because, you know, New York has has some laws that I'm not fully in agreement with. They seem
0: very friendly towards abortion. And not so much towards adoption isn't that correct
2: it could be interpreted as such yes okay and that being the case this is a huge step because as an adoptee you know i have found my birth mother i have obtained my original birth certificate but for all of those adoptees that haven't
1: mm-hmm.
2: what an incredible gift truly an incredible gift and what an incredible gift for the generations behind them that are now going to have access, you know, with um, all the genetic testing, you know, 23andMe and Ancestry.com that is just opening up this new world for adoptees like myself to find out, you know, for once we can, I can honestly say "I, I know what my nationality is. Right. You know, for so many years, for dozens of years, I couldn't do that. And to have that and then for These individuals to have that opportunity of knowing their biological parents' names is just, I hope that every state follows this protocol. I really do. I hope that every state follows it. I agree. So I know this isn't adoption related, really, or abortion related, but I just have to say kudos to California. Oh, yeah, why? Diapers are now tax free. So next time you go to California, and you have a child in diapers stock up
0: <laughs> or even if you don't you know <laughs> bring them back to Arizona right you I might mean, need them
2: yeah I mean stock up and <laughs> that is just incredible now you did bring up something before we started this podcast and I have to say I don't know if adult diapers are included or not
0: well if I would they think are they were, I because think why would that's you a great story for me because I'm getting up to that age and
2: well yeah but so, why would they discriminate time. why do you have to no, be a baby to right. have tax-free diapers
0: in March the Supreme Court's going to rule on the constitutionality of Louisiana's abortion law requiring abortion physicians to have admitting privileges at a hospital within 30 miles of the clinic where they're providing the abortions the filing goes further than just arguing for the support of the constitutionality of the Louisiana law it also implies that the confusion about abortion is directly linked to confusing laws for which abortion was deemed constitutional 1973's Roe v Wade and Planned Parenthood V Casey in 1992 on March March 4th, Louisiana will argue that abortion businesses shouldn't be presumed to have quote-unquote third-party standing before the United States Supreme Court. Opponents are saying that it would limit the state of 4.5 million people to just one abortion provider.
2: So, in doing some research and reading about this, Mm -hmm. this is the landmark case that they're saying may be the domino in overturning Roe v. Wade. This may start... Start that ball rolling. Right. Okay. I, you know, as an adoption professional, actually found this very confusing. When I was reading this, I read it over and over again, and I thought, "What? why am I not understanding what they're trying to achieve? Right. So, from what I understand, they are stating that doctors who perform abortions have to have privileges at a hospital within 30 miles of the facility.
0: So... Admitting pri- privileges, right? right? So that means they can take a mother, you know, the mother who's having the abortion into the right. hospital? So,
2: no, what, it, what they're stating is that if the mother is having health complications from the abortion, that they can then admit her to the hospital and treat her there. I see. So if she had like um, a perforated uterus or mm-hmm. something that was related to the abortion, that she would then be able to receive adequate medical care from a hospital underneath that physician for the common layperson, I think this would be very confusing as to why this is related to Roe v Wade.
0: Right, I because that's where I'm at right now.
2: Okay. So when we go when we go back, as to what makes this filing particularly interesting is not just the sheer volume of congressional signatories. Almost 40% of the state and house combined. It's also the fact that it goes further than just arguing support for the constitutionality of the Louisiana law to suggest that the widespread confusion regarding abortion law ties directly to the confusing basic premises under which abortion was found constitutional. So basically, this law that they're trying to push through is putting up barriers for abortion. Okay. By enforcing this law, it will drastically reduce...
0: The number of doctors. The
2: the number, yes, of abortion providers. Right. And so it's a roundabout way to eliminate the number of abortions performed. It will make it harder for people who want to get an abortion in Louisiana to get one. And it will put up an extra fence, basically. Okay. Again, I think that... Hopefully, as this goes into court and as we see it on the news, I'm hoping that it will be broken down so people can understand the direct effect that it will have because it is very confusing to understand.
0: Very confusing.
2: We have to start with a disclaimer that we are not accountants, that we are sheerly explaining more about tax benefits Uh and how they relate to adoption. And the information that we were talking about was taken right off of the IRS website. Okay. So there is a, a tax credit for adoption, for qualified adoption expenses paid to adopt an eligible child and an exclusion from income for employer-provided adoption assistance. The credit is non-refundable, which means it's limited to one's tax liability for the year. But any credit in excess of your tax liability may be carried for up to five years. The maximum dollar amount for 2019 is $14,080 per child. Okay. So I think it's important for our adoptive families to understand that they may qualify for assistance. And hopefully this will help the uh, previous podcast where...
0: We discussed some of the costs and the things to offset the costs of adopting a a child. And what makes
2: adoption difficult. And so this is one of those things.
0: For both credit and exclusion, qualified adoption expenses defined in Section 23D1 of the Code include reasonable and necessary adoption fees, court costs and attorney fees... Traveling expenses, including amounts spent for meals and lodging while away from home, and other expenses that are directly related to and for the principal purpose of the legal adoption of an eligible child. An expense may be a qualified adoption expense, even if the expense is paid before the eligible child has been identified. For example... Perspective adoptive parents who pay for a home study at the outset of an adoption effort may treat the fees as a qualified adoption expense. An eligible child is an individual who is under the age of 18 or is physically or mentally incapable of self-care. Qualified adoption expenses don't include expenses that a taxpayer pays to adopt the child of the taxpayer's spouse. Qualified adoption expenses include expenses paid by a registered domestic partner who lives in a state that allows a same-sex second parent or a co-parent to adopt his or her partner's child as long as those expenses otherwise qualify for the credit.
1: My name is Nicole. I chose adoption after I struggled because I called you guys like way back in May and I finally called it back in like August because back in May I was like well that's a good idea maybe but maybe I can keep the child. As time went by, I couldn't get jobs, so I decided to put the child up for adoption because I can't afford a kid. I wanted the adoptive parents to be a lot like me, but different than me in terms of stability, because I am like far from it. Um, I wanted them to, you know, have their life put together, and but I wanted them to kind of be like me, all quirky and energetic. I had like five families to choose from. A couple of them didn't work out because of my heritage. So the family I chose only had one kid, and like, they were looked active, and they looked clean. And they looked like they were in with their family, so I chose them.
2: Tell me about your relationship with the
1: adoptive family. Where did it start, and where is it now? Uh, I, I first met the adoptive parents when I was super, super out of it at the hospital after my C-section. Um, I don't remember what I said to them. Like, literally, I don't, but apparently I was playing musical cups because I kept, taking the cups and moving around the table uh, at the hospital. <laughs> but I'm in contact with the adoptive mom every day through email, through Child Connect. So and every week I get pictures. But all I really wanted was to know how the child was doing and get pictures every now and then. I get like 10 or 15 pictures every week. I am very happy with my adoptive choice. Adoption is probably much, pretty much the best idea for the child if you don't have your life put together like me. I moved out here from the East Coast because I lost everything in the flood from Hurricane Florence and I literally moved out here with the clothes on my back. And ever since I've been rebuilding little by little, um, the pregnancy came as a surprise and I never even like, went to the doctor until like, I was eight months pregnant. If you know or foresee that you can't take every child, you need to do adoption. For me it was, I knew before I moved out here that it was gonna take at least a year and a half for me to get everything back in place. But when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, whoa, there's a monkey wrench in everything. So I'm just now starting the process of rebuilding. So now I got a year and a half long fight to rebuild everything. I am very happy with my adoption choice. I couldn't have picked a better family because of how like the adoptive mom and I are and how stable they are with their life. And uh, their oldest child loves the baby. Like I get pictures of both of them all the time. So my favorite thing about building Arizona families is Kelly and Christy. They made this this whole process like pretty much easy for me to go through. So whenever I had a problem, I just text them and they would reply. That's that's my favorite thing.
0: We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24 7 by phone or text at 623 695 4112. Or you can call our toll free number 1 800 340 9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or give you more information. You can check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption, written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me ron rains if you enjoy this podcast rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and as always thanks to grapes for letting us use their song i don't know as our theme song join us next time for birth mother matters in adoption for kelly Rourke. scary i'm ron rains and we'll see you then